everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today we're gonna to be doing a stock analysis on Twitter, ticker symbol TWRT. In today's stock analysis, I'm gonna share my price target. We're gonna look at Q2 results and highlights. I'm gonna share my DCF model, and lastly, my final thoughts on Twitter as an investment. All right, now jumping into my price target for Twitter. Now I have currently two price targets. One, if a deal closes with Elon Musk, that would have them selling around $54.20 a share. And if no deal, I think they'll drop down to the range of $25 to $30 a share. Now in my DCF model, and I'll share that a little bit later in the video, I currently have them in a conservative case around $38.25 a share, and the EBITDA multiple around $23 to $86 a share. Now when that brings me to a risk reward, you really gotta be thinking about as an investor if you believe a deal is going to close or a deal is not going to close. Now there, you know, Elon Musk has formally said at least maybe, I guess litigation wise, he has said he was gonna pull out of that deal, but that is gonna be debated in court and there's gonna be some court proceedings to see if they're gonna force Elon to close that deal. You need to do some more research. I'm definitely not gonna tell you what my opinion is. It's definitely for you and the onus is on you. The risk reward in my opinion is somewhere around 34% to the downside, 43% to the upside. In short here, I think there is a not a very good balance on the, you know, the upside to downside. I think you're basically flipping a coin at this point on which way it's going to go. On the risk side, again, ad revenue is tightening as we're headed into a recession. We're seeing that with Snap, we're seeing that with Facebook, we're seeing it all with companies that have other, you know, revenue is reliant on ads. Um, that's tightening. Now, just from a historical performance perspective, they have had low operating margins, low EBITDA, and low free cash flow, in my opinion, and that's not good to see. But if you do, and you know, I can turn that and flip that into the positive side is Companies like Google, companies like Facebook, they do have relatively high free cash flow and EBITDA margins. So it's not um, it's not unforeseeable that Twitter could turn things around. Um, it just has not been something they've been able to accomplish over the last seven years. Um, and so it's really hard to be optimistic on that front. And that's why I went with a conservative case in my DCF and EBITDA multiple side. Now, the deal falls through with Musk. Like I said, you're gonna see around 34% downside, I think, to the, to the low side. On the opportunity side, I do believe in the next two to five years, when advertising starts to come back after a recession, we could see some really strong revenue growth. We saw double revenue growth. Uh, basically, they, Twitter doubled their revenue growth in the last uh, five years. So that's good. They went from about two and a half up to five billion. And you know, if they were able to double it again, that would get us up to 10. In my model, I think I have them around getting up to eight billion in the next five years. But we'll share, I'll share some of that details. This last thing on the opportunity side, if a deal does close with Elon Musk, we'll see that 40% upside. All right, jumping into Q2 2022 results. And they reported that on July 22nd and earnings per share normalized came in at negative eight cents per share and they missed by 22 cents. On the earnings per share gap side, they missed by 35 cents or a miss of 26 cents. So that should have been closer to not, uh, you know nine cents a share. On the revenue side, they reported $1.18 billion in revenue compared to analyst expectations of 1.34 or a miss of $159 million. All right, jumping into earnings highlights, starting with growth. In Q1, as a reminder, they reported 15.92% revenue growth year over year. In Q2, and this is the big headline, is they actually saw negative growth at negative 1.16% and they cited advertising headwinds and the pending deal with Elon Musk. Now, another negative I saw here is cost increased 31% year over year. That's huge, huge into your bottom line. You're having negative growth and a very strong, very, you know, very high increase in your, your total cost. 
And then the, the last thing that's very negative here is the guidance. So they said, and I'll just quote this, given the pending acquisition of Twitter by an affiliate of Elon Musk, we will not host an earnings conference call, issue a shareholders letter, or provide financial guidance in conjunction with our second quarter 2022 earnings release. And they said more information would be given in their 10Q filing. So I think the bigger thing here is that they're they're citing a lot of negativity from the deal with Elon Musk. I'm not sure if that's really ha- you know causing advertisers to stray away per se. I think that is just a, a little, in my opinion, a little bit of a scapegoat um, because <clears throat> again, we just saw Snap report their earnings as well, and they saw a decrease in revenue revenue from advertisement. Maybe not as strong as we see with Twitter, but I, I don't believe advertisers would have withdrew, withdrawn from Twitter just because of the back and forth between Twitter and Elon. It, if anything, it just seems like more people would get onto Twitter so they can watch the, the show happen. Um, and, and so it would draw advertising. There's more eyes, more advertiser dollars. But that's just my opinion. All right, jumping to my DCF model for Twitter. Now, starting off with the valuation. DCF calculation is at $38.25 and the EBITDA multiple at $23.86. I'm going to go over a more, uh, this is the conservative case. I'm going to go over a more um, aggressive case later on in the uh, later on in this video. But first off, I want to go over my assumptions for the conservative case starting with the growth rate. So I currently have them at 8% for full year 2022. I believe uh, this is going to drop. I did drop this from about 12% down to 8%. Again, remember Q1, they were at 15%. Q2, we just reported negative 1%. So I went ahead and just cut the middle of that and put it around 8% growth for the year. Um, On 2023 to 2026, I have them at 14, 15, 8, and 15 um, growth. And then shares outstanding, I have them, at, have them currently at 766 shares outstanding. Net debt, I have them at $1.8 billion. So that's on the positive side. Long-term growth rate at seven. DC, uh, sorry, discount rate at 11% and an EBITDA multiple of 15. Now, currently, um, the, a couple things, again, I wanted to say is like, we don't know what's going to happen in Q3 and Q4 as far as advertising dollars and what revenues growth is going to look like. So that 8% could be wrong. And again, um, just another, just kind of a risk here is majority of their revenue is coming from advertising dollars greater than 80%. So just keep that in mind. Now let's go over where I get some of my calculations for EBITDA as well as free cash flow. And the main thing I do in my, in my models is I look at the EBITDA margins and the, the free cash flow ratios over the few years and try to project those moving forward. And I try to keep everything else out. That's just the way I like to do it. And it makes things very simple. Just look at the numbers, right? So starting off with revenue growth, the first thing is you can see that they've had over 10% revenue growth, except for one year over the last few years. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, projecting them below 10% is probably going to be outside the norm. And so I do have them in this projection two years below 10%. So that's where I'm coming at a conservative case. I'm saying we're going to see two down years based off of historically um, below 10% with possibly, and then I'm keeping these in the mid-teens for the good years where we've seen a 25 and then the last the year last year we saw 36%. So I'm keeping everything below 20% but just above 10% there. Um, now moving on into EBITDA. Look at their EBITDA margin um, over the last few years. You can see it dro- It went. It was starting to actually go up really nicely to something you'd see closer 
how Facebook was trending over the years, up to 40% EBITDA um, ratio. And now they started to trend back down. So we're going from 25% down to 13. I'm hoping that they can get their management together and start to see these margins start to increase. So this is a little bit on the hopeful side, going from 14 all the way up to 22%, which is, I think, achievable for them, but still significantly lower than anybody comparable to them, such as Facebook. Now, free cash flow ratio. Well, actually, I will stop there and say that, you know, Snapchat, for example, is also struggling. Different type of platform, social media, though, and they're struggling with these ratios as well. Free cash flow. You'll see that the free cash flow actually was doing fairly good for a few years there um, between 2016 and 2019. And then we saw a steep drop in 2020 and a negative for 2021. I'm hoping we can start to see that go back to positive. This is only this is the only way we're going to see an actual DCF model that is positive is if you actually have free cash flow that's positive. So I started off with 10% and ratcheted that back up to just below 20% at 18. So um, you could argue that these numbers are maybe too aggressive here, but in my opinion, their free cash flow should actually be higher than 18% by 2026. That's and if they do execute it just 18%, I think some people are going to be dissaddened by that because honestly, you should actually be in the mid 20s at a minimum, in my opinion, at least for the type of company that they are. I think they just have, in my opinion, a little bit poor management and focused on the wrong things. Um, but still, there's still positive upside there. So that's what I have in the conservative case. Now I kind of want to go over. Twitter, if it's able to execute beyond 2023, I think 2022 is going to be pretty rough. As I mentioned earlier, advertising dollars are going to go down for that year. So I'm not going to change the 8%, but let's say they can get up into 20% for 2023. They stay at 15%. We get another 15% and then one more year of 15%. I'm saying that takes us all the way up here to $42 and $26 a share. Um, the second thing you could do is you could change your EBITDA multiple to 20. That's gonna increase your EBITDA multiple value to up to $34 a share. Lastly, we're gonna change our, 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 uh, our ratios here. So the first one, the, really the only one I'm gonna change here is the free cash flow. So I'm thinking if they're able to, let's let's skip 2020 to 2022 because it really doesn't matter all that much. Let's say we get up to 15% for 2023, then we're got 18. Then we're going to 21, and then they're able to finally get 25% free cash flow um, after into 2026. That jumps their DCF all the way up to $57 a share from where we were earlier in the conservative case at around $38 a share. So there is some definite definite range in the valuations, but you just have to remember that with the conservative case, you're looking at something that has limited upside to where they're currently trading. But if you assume that everything is going to go perfect moving forward, which just reality check, things typically never go perfectly, then you could see possibly up to $57.40 a share. I think this is kind of why you see I have a lot of hesitancy in the Elon Musk deal going through, mainly because if everything goes right over execution over the next four years, he's basically not gonna make any money. Now for my final thoughts on Twitter as an investment. So the first thing you have to determine as an investor, if you think the deal between Elon Musk and Twitter is actually gonna go through. I have my doubts, I think other folks do as well. I think the concern here is it's basically a flip of the coin whether the deal is gonna go through or not. 
how effective is going to be a forced Elon Musk in a Twitter post merger? Sure, it's going to be good for investors immediately. They're going to be able to redeem their shares for $54, take that 40% upside. But on the downside risk that he just pays the $1 billion to exit Twitter, you could see yourself losing 30, 40, 30, you know, between 35% of your initial investment if it drops down to $25 a share. Now, I will say this is if it does drop down to 25%, you do have close to, I think, uh, 30 or 40% upside from there. So where I'm, what I'm staying here at here is I personally am not going to be investing in Twitter. I don't want to be exposed to that level of risk. If the deal doesn't go through, Twitter becomes a lot more appealing around 24, 24 to $25 a share, in my opinion. And that's what I would do. That's what the play is for me. So if you want to speculate, this is something you could definitely speculate in. There's tons of speculation in the stock market. This is one of those cases, but a high profile one at that. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. Also hit that like button. My name is Frank, Frank Finance, out.